Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, please, Ezekiel chapter number 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. <clears throat> I am uh, want to go to a passage of Scripture. I, uh, as you know, we, um, we were in Israel, and uh, I think I'm, I'm enjoying studying and um, uh, in my mind thinking through the sites that we were. I think I'm enjoying it more now that I'm back than I was while I was there. Um, a lot of walking, and um, I never want to see hummus ever again in my life. It was morning, literally, it was like the main course for all three meals. Um, I, um, I wanted to eat, I don't care if it was donkey, I wanted to eat a burger <laughs> so bad while I was there. Um, but um, one of the, one of the uh, areas that um, I visited, I was so just, I guess even now that I've been back, I've done a lot of reading and just researching and then going into the word of God and reading um, the story of Israel. Um, when I say that, I mean the 10 tribes of Israel. It was a sad, it was sad for Israel. God, um, he said of Abraham, I wanna make of you a great and mighty nation. This is a people that God said, all the nations of earth would be blessed from this people. If, if, if a nation curses you, then I'll curse this nation. But if a nation blesses you, I'll bless this nation. And, and he said to Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great and mighty nation. All the, all the, the, they're not going to be able to be counted. There's going to be so many that come from, uh, from you and your line. And that was difficult for Abraham to understand, if you know the story, because Abraham had no children. And Abraham was older and Sarah, uh, Sarah was older. And um, God blessed them and miraculously, uh, Sarah had a child, name was Isaac. And Abraham loved this child and um, God tested Abraham and Abraham passed this test showing God that he loved him. And then God, from that point forward, if, as you read through the Bible, you read of God's blessing. You, you read of Israel coming out of Egypt and God by his mighty hand delivers Israel from the hand of Pharaoh. Israel is backed up against the mighty uh, army of, of Egypt and Pharaoh and, and the Red Sea and God miraculously parts that Red Sea and, and, and Israel walks over on dry ground and through that desert experience, God supplies. They wake up and there's food in, right outside their tent every single day. They, they look up into the sky and, and, and at nighttime, there's a pillar of fire to protect them and to guide them. And by daytime, there was a cloud that would give them shade from the sun. And just to think of God's blessings. And all God desired was that his people love him. And that's not asking too much, is it? That they follow after him, they not serve other gods, that they, they, they not put their, their desires or their, their fleshly desires in front of who God is and their desire to serve him. And there was a man by the name of David and David was a, a man after God's own heart. He, he loved the Lord. 
David was not a perfect man, but David had the desire to serve the Lord. And David, uh, God through David, um, uh, was going to, uh, the, the, the Messiah was gonna come from David's seed. And David uh, took, took a place there in, in Jerusalem and, and became king over all of Israel. And God blessed David. And God gave David's son Solomon the kingdom. And, and the kingdom in Solomon's day was like nothing else anybody had ever seen. Matter of fact, there was a queen that uh, uh, from the south came and, and said to Solomon, what I heard doesn't even compare to what I see. This is such a wonderful, magnificent place. There was peace. But then the, the thing that God said not to do, Solomon did. And God said to Solomon, if you'll, if you'll continue to serve me and not serve any other gods, I'll bless this kingdom. And Solomon, for whatever reason, felt like he needed to, to worship other gods. And he married uh, some 300 uh, women and seven, had 700 concubines and, 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 and uh, brought their gods into Israel and began to worship their other gods. And God said to Solomon, for your... Father David's sake, I'm not going to take the kingdom from you, but I'm going to take it from your son. In, in 1 Kings chapter 12, we read the story. You don't need to turn there, but we read the story of Rehoboam and the story of Jeroboam. Rehoboam was, was, was the uh, 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 king there, Solomon's son, and Jeroboam was one that came in and, and God through that situation, he split the kingdom and, and, and two of the, the, the tribes were called Judah now and 10 of the tribes were called Israel and, and Jeroboam became the king over Israel, the 10 tribes and, and Rehoboam became the king in Judah. And then from that path throughout the Old Testament, you will read Israel and Judah. You'll read that they had kings. And, 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 and the Bible says of Israel's kings that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Matter of fact, what the first thing they did when Jeroboam become, became king, the Bible uh, says this, then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the king return to the house of David. Uh, or the kingdom returned to the house of David. His, his fear was this. His fear was that Israel would then begin to miss the temple, began to miss the worship that took place because I, I, I would say there was probably nothing more sweeter. There was nothing more joyful. There was nothing more pleasant for Israel to go to the temple and worship there at the temple. In the 10 tribes, Jeroboam thought this, if, if we don't do something, these 10 tribes are gonna go back to Judah and they're gonna miss the temple and they're gonna miss the temple worship and, and we've got to do something about this. And, and he said in verse number 27, if this people go up to sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord even under Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two gold, calves of gold and said unto them, is it too much for you to go to Jerusalem? Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Here we go. Immediately what they do is they make these two golden calves and they say to Israel, Israel, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. 
and sets this up. He set one in Bethel and he put the other in Dan. And I stood at this place in El Dan, it's called in the Northern Israel. I stood at the place of Dan here that we read of in first Kings, stood at this altar. It was not an altar to worship the one true God. It was an altar of Baal, an altar to worship other gods. They would take their babies and sacrifice their babies at this altar. The, the, the horrific sin that took place at this altar and around this altar was appalling to God. And God then said to, 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 to uh, um, the kings of Israel, to the northern 10 tribes that worship these other gods, that he was gonna send punishment, judgment, destruction. And the Assyrian army would come in and besiege Samaria and take them away captive. Now, there were kings, not every king, but there were kings in the tribes of Judah, the house of Judah, the two tribes in the south. There were kings that were pleasing to the Lord, that did right in the sight of the Lord. There were kings that did not, but there were kings that did. And Ezekiel is now looking at Judah, Ezekiel chapter number 16. Ezekiel says in verse number 46, and thine sister is Samaria. Samaria is a Northern kingdom, the 10 tribes in Ezekiel 16, 46. And she and her daughters that dwell at thy left hand and thy younger sister and dwelleth at thy right hand is Sodom and her daughters. And he's bringing the to attention. He's saying to Judah, you, you, Samaria, the Northern kingdom and, and the judgment that came to them and, and, and Sodom. And we know the judgment that came to Sodom and Gomorrah. He says this in verse number 47, yet hast thou not walked after their ways nor done after their abominations, but as if there were a very little thing that was corrupted more than they in all thy ways. As I live as saith the Lord, Sodom, thy sister hath not done she nor her daughters as thou hast done and thy daughters. In verse number 49, behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness. And so he said pride and prosperity, fullness of bread, abundance of serving other gods, not making the God of Jacob and, and Isaac and Abraham, the one true, the creator God, not making him your one God, but serving other gods was in her and her daughters. He says, neither did they strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. They weren't concerned with those that had great need. They were haughty in verse number 50, haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Neither hath Samaria, so he says this was Sodom's sin. Neither hath Samaria committed half of thy sins, but thou hast multiplied thine abominations more than they and hast justified thy sisters in all thine abominations which thou hast done. Thou also, which hast judged thy sister, bear thine own shame for thy sins that thou hast committed more abominable than they. They are more righteous than they, yea, be thou confounded also and bear thy shame in that thou hast justified thy sisters. When I shall bring again their captivity, the captivity of Sodom and her daughters, the captivity of Samaria and her daughters, then will I bring again the captivity of thy captives in the midst of them, that thou mayest bear thine own shame 
and mayest be confounded in all that thou hast done in, thine, in, in that thou art comfort unto them. When thy sister Sodom and her daughters shall return to their former estate and Samaria and her daughters shall return to their former estate, then thou and thy daughters shall return to your former estate. This message that Ezekiel is preaching, he's preaching to Judah. He's saying to Judah, Judah, you saw, you you know the story, the, the history of Sodom. And you saw the life that they lived. You saw the, the, they, they worshiped other gods. You saw they, they had everything they could ever want. You, you noticed he doesn't even mention their, their, their lifestyle of homosexuality and, and all the perverse things that took place in Sodom. He, he, he says, you've seen what Sodom looked like and how they lived. And you saw that God's judgment came upon them. He says, you've saw Samaria, your own your own sister. You saw what, they, what they've done and how they rejected God and you saw God's judgment upon them. And Ezekiel is now preaching and he's preaching a message on pride. God hates pride. And wherever God finds it, he sets a battle against it. Whether it's in your heart, whether it's in a nation, like in Sodom or Samaria or Judah or in individuals, God hates pride. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse number two, the Bible says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. The author of Proverbs goes on to say in chapter 16, verse number 18, uh, verse number 18 pride goeth before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. This was the wisest man in the Bible. He's trying to get Israel and those of us today that can read Proverbs. He is saying that pride goeth before destruction. Know this, that destruction will always come to a nation or an individual that is full of pride. It's that same principle, be sure your sin will find you out. What what, what that means is this, you can't live in your sin secretly forever. Sooner or later, it's gonna come out. The same principle is true here with pride. There is going to come destruction. Those that are given to themselves, their haughty spirit, there's going to come a fall, destruction in their life. Proverbs 15, verse number 25 says this, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud. You know, we read as we continue to read through passages of scripture on pride, you'd find this, that God hates pride and God judges pride. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse number five, the Bible says this, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. You know, it's interesting, we liked, we liked to hear messages preached hard on sin when it talks about a lifestyle against God or lying or stealing or cheating and you know, breaking a, a, one of the commandments. And, and if we're not careful, we'll, we like preaching against somebody else's sin. But you know what God says? He hates pride. He says this, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination. Pride is sin. 
It's pride that caused God to destroy Sodom. It was the pride of the kings of Israel and the people of Israel that caused God to uh, allow the Assyrian army to come in and besiege Samaria and take them captive. It's pride that God says is an abomination to him and though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. What he simply says is this, God thinks that pride is an abomination and God sooner or later will destroy those that are involved in pride. Ezekiel names several reasons why God destroyed the wicked in the ancient city of Sodom. We read those. If you look back again with me in verse number 49, he says, fullness of bread, prosperity, abundance of idleness, you know, worshiping other gods. He, he goes on to say, neither did they strengthen the hand of the poor or the needy. They neglected those that had great needs. God said, these are the things why I'm bringing judgment to you. But first and foremost, God destroyed the city of Sodom. The first thing he mentions, the first thing he says is this, pride. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. The first thing he mentioned was pride. The reason God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is because the pride of the city, the pride of the people. What is it that brings God wrath against nations of all ancient times? And I believe this even into our time is pride. Pride. If you were to study all through the Bible, you would find that God brought judgment to nations because of pride. I find in Daniel chapter number five, verse number 20, the Bible says, but when his heart was lifted up, speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took him glory from him. God stripped Nebuchadnezzar of his mind and of his throne because of pride. Here was the greatest king of all time up to that place. He had everything he ever wanted. He had uh, a dominion over the world. He, he had great riches. He had great power. He had servants. He had gold. He had everything that anyone could ever wanted. And he was a proud man. And God, in a moment, he stripped him of that kingdom. He caused his mind to go insane. And we read of Solomon going out and living like a beast in the fields. The Bible says his nails grew, his hair grew, and he lived like a wild animal. God judged Nebuchadnezzar, and he judged him because of his pride. We read in Obadiah chapter number one. Obadiah is just a short book, just one chapter in the Old Testament. He's a minor prophet and Obadiah is preaching. He's prophesying against Edom. He says this, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitations is high that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Here, here Obadiah is prophesying against Edom. Edom thinks this, my security is in the rocks. My security, my safety is in what we have, the possessions we have, the safety we are giving to ourselves. And God says through this prophet, he says, whoa, 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 listen to me. You are putting your security, you are putting your safety, you are putting your, 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 uh, 
a loyalty in what you're doing. You're proud, and if you don't get that right with God, I'm gonna bring you low. You think because your clefts are in the, in the rock, you think because you're high and lifted up that you're safe, but God in a moment can bring you down because of pride. We find Daniel prophesying of the King Nebuchadnezzar, we find Obadiah prophesying against Edom. In Jeremiah chapter number 50, in verse number two, and the most proud shall stumble and fall, we find another prophet. He's prophesying. He says, the most proud shall stumble and fall and none shall rise him up. What is he saying? He's saying pride will bring you down and there's nothing, nothing then. When God brings you low, there's nothing and no place that you're gonna find help. And I will kindle a fire in his cities and it shall devour all round about him. Ezekiel equates pride with utter rejection and trust and dependence of the Lord. When a nation in the Old Testament or a nation throughout history would come to the place where they're putting their trust in something other than God. God equates that as pride and God says that is an abomination and God judges a nation who puts their security in something other than God. Turning your confidence to your strength, turning your confidence to your human ability, whether this is done in a man or whether this is done in a nation, it is an abomination to God, and God calls it pride. As I've studied, as I stood in Dan, El Dan, it's called, or Tel Dan, it's called, and as I stood there and I stood at this altar, they've uncovered the altar, the, the literally the altar that they did these sacrifices upon. When I when I when I stood there and and saw the the temple and the rooms there, there, there were a place where they would bring their children and they'd sacrifice their children to Baal. There was a room just, just north, just next to the altar that was there, just a large room. And, and in that room was, was, was prostitution. You'd come to the temple and they would be involved in such wickedness. This is what the nation of Israel, the abomination, they thought that they could equate their safety to what they could do. They thought that they could worship the God that they wanted to worship. They thought that they could live however they wanted to live. And God says that judgment is gonna come to those that put their safety in anything else or put their worship in anything else other than the one true God. As I've seen this and since I've been back for the last week or two, I've just gone to different sections in the Bible and read the judgment that God gave upon this nation because of pride. Any proud nation that says we don't need God in our life, judgment's going to come. Any, any proud nation that says we don't need God in our politics, judgment's going to come. Any, any proud nation that says we don't need God in our education, judgment is going to come because that's pride and that's haughtiness and 
That's saying as a nation, we don't need God. That's shaking our fist at God saying, we'll do it the way we want it. We don't need you. We want you out of our life. We want you out of our government. We want you out of our education. Any proud nation that says we don't want his laws in our courts is doomed to judgment. Any nation that says we don't want him mentioned in our hallways is a nation that's going to be judged by God. A nation, a proud nation that says we don't want public prayer made in the name of Jesus Christ is going to be a nation that's judged by God. A prideful nation that says we don't give him honor for his hand in our history is a nation, if you study history, it's a nation that judgment is going to come. A proud nation says we don't need our, uh, a God to fight our battles. A, a proud nation says we don't need God in our decision-making. A proud nation puts its trust in its superpower status. A proud nation says we have uh, military might and we have smart bombs and we have great knowledge and we have great muscle and, and we don't need God. We're smarter than God. We're more powerful than God. The pride of a nation is when they laugh at the word of God and the judgments of God. Pride of a nation is when they mock the watchmen, the, the pastors of God's word, and they mock the preaching of God's prophecies. When this happens to a nation, you find, you find judgment upon that nation. I'm reading a, a book. It's called The Shadow President. It's a book of Mike Pence and this history of him and in the, in the book, they, they mock his beliefs. You, 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 I don't have to know anything about the author at all. I know everything I need to know about the author as I'm reading this book. Mocks him, mocks Pence for believing in one day there's going to be an Armageddon. Mocks his policies and mocks him in this, in this writing, mocks him in, 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 in very just unbelievable way because he believes, he says there's going to be a millennial reign of the Messiah and goes through and mocks his life, mocks him in this book for not eating with another female without his wife mocks him on his view of abortion. And as I read this book, every biblical standard that they said he lives by, they're mocking him for it, making him to be some kind of weird, Bible-thumping, insane person because he believes what the Bible says. Church, we live in a nation that is quickly turning its back on God. We live in a nation, we live in a day where even the greatest nation upon this earth, I believe that ever has existed, is quickly turning its back on God saying, we don't need God. We don't need prayer. 
We don't need the law of God. We, we don't want God involved in our decisions. We don't want the Bible, an out-of-date book. We don't want the Bible and its principles and its laws mentioned and lived by in our society. We want to do things the way we want to do things. We want to uh, rely upon what our strength is and what our knowledge is and what we want to do. We don't want God's word in society. And it's pride. Pride in a nation comes when we become boastful of our might and we diminish the power of an almighty God. Pride comes when we ignore all the warnings of history, how God has dealt with, with past nations and, and that, that have turned their back on him. And that's exactly what Ezekiel is saying to Judah here in Ezekiel chapter number 16. You can see history, how God has dealt with Sodom. You see history, how God has dealt with your sister Samaria. You've watched it, you see it firsthand. You see God's judgment when you turn your back on him. You haven't taken heed by the examples of these nations. Ezekiel saying in Ezekiel chapter 16 to Judah, God has judged these nations for their pride. He says, but you've ceased to learn from their example. Why is it? Why is it that we can study history, but we fail to learn from history? Why is it that we see God judging nations for their pride, for their arrogance, for their willingness to resist God in his laws, thinking they can do it themselves and we see the outcome of it? There were kings all throughout the history in Israel. Ahab is a king the Bible mentions in Israel. He was a king that was worse than any other king. Ahab and the kings in Samaria, have, they've turned their backs on God. They've worshiped false idols. They've worshiped Baal. They sacrificed their babies. They've committed fornications at the temples and at the palaces. And Judah seized the Assyrian armies, besieged Samaria. They saw the judgments of God on their neighbor. They watched Israel taken away in chains. It, if you saw your neighbor doing something and, and judgment come upon them from doing it, Ezekiel is saying to Judah, why would you do the same thing? If you know that this practice of idol worshiping, this practice of pride, if you know these things are an abomination to God and you've never seen a nation successful because God's judgment comes, Why would you go this way? Ezekiel verse number 47, Ezekiel 16, look with me in verse number 47. He says, yet thou hast walked after their ways. Yet hast thou not walked after their ways, nor done after their abominations, but as if that were a very little thing, that was corrupted more than they in all their ways. He says, you've not sinned like them. You're corrupted worse than they are. Look with me in verse number 48. He says, as I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom, thy sister hath done. She nor her daughters as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Look with me in verse number 51. He says, neither hath Samaria committed half of thy sins. 
But thou hast multiplied thine abominations more than they, and hath justified thy sisters in thine abominations, which thou hast done. He said, Sodom in, in, in Samaria, they were proud. They committed abominations before me, and I, I remembered them. And you've seen all this. You saw what I've done. He says, you look at yourself. What he's saying, look in the mirror. Look where you're at. Look at your pride. Look at your dependence upon yourself. Look at your worshiping of, of other idols. Look in the mirror. You see what they've done in the judgment that's come. And you've not learned from it. You know, the reality in your home, maybe in parenting for us at least, our, uh, our oldest kids, they got a lot more of the punishment than younger kids. And, 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 and it's not, I don't think it is. I hope it's not. I don't think it's that because the younger are, in our home at least, the younger kids are just so spoiled. You know what the, the, the thing is? The younger kids, as they were growing up, they watched the older kids get punished. And if they're smart, they learned. Oh, that equals that. I'm not doing it. It's not that the little ones do everything. Now, the older ones, they say, boy, we got in trouble for everything and they can do anything. And, and uh, man, they get away with murder. And it's not that they're getting away with murder. You know what? They're learning because of what the older kids have been punished for. And that's what God is saying to Judah. He says, Judah, you should have learned. You've got the temple. You've got the prophets. You knew better. You, you saw their wickedness. You, 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 you had everything there in Jerusalem and you still fell away. Uh, listen to me. If we see and we know what the Bible says about pride, then I would suspect that every one of us ought to want to look in the mirror and say, God, reveal pride inside of me so that I would confess it and remove it from me because I don't want your judgment to come. But he says, Judah, you're worse off than them because you saw the judgment, you knew the truth, and you did nothing with it. In verse number 55 of this chapter, he goes on to say, when thy sisters Sodom and her daughters shall return uh, to their former estate in Samaria and her daughters and return to their former estate, then thou and thy daughter shall return to their former estate. If, if you don't repent, he says this, that's what this means. If you were to read this, it, it might be a little bit confusing at first. And it talks about Sodom being put to their former estate in Samaria. And it isn't one day that God's going to restore Sodom and he's going to restore Samaria. That's not, hap that's not going to happen. And that's not what he's saying there. What he's saying is this, if I don't do something to you, I'll have to restore them and that's not going to happen. You know what that means? Judgment's coming. I've got to bring judgment to you because I've judged them. Nations have turned their back on God, and once their sin reaches the heights of heaven, you know what God does? He sends judgment. 
There's no other nation on earth that has had the blessings like we have in this country. Think about this, Bibles flow freely. If you want a Bible in America, you don't have to go very far to find one. Matter of fact, they give them away. In church, that's not like that around the world. I've been in nations that if you wanted to go buy a Bible, you can't. It's illegal. I've been in nations where they don't, they don't print Bibles. It's illegal to print them. But in this country, Bibles flow freely. The gospel is not hid. There's churches all over this country today that are gonna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not hid. Churches are all over this land. Preachers preach openly. Uh, there's no threat. I didn't wake up this morning going through my message saying I, I need to be secretive about this. I, I, I need not say this because any of these things, if it gets out there, I could find myself in trouble. I, I can stand behind this pulpit and preach freely what the word of God has to say this morning. America has hid or has had revivals and men of God have preached on sin. No nation has ever been more free to hear the gospel than this nation. The gospel that God became flesh. God was not satisfied with mankind living in their sin. He became flesh. He went to the cross. He made himself the sacrifice for our sins. God in his love and his kindness and his care, he saw mankind and he says, I don't want mankind to die in their trespasses and sin. I'm gonna send a Messiah. I'm gonna send the Savior myself. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come and become flesh. I'm gonna go to the cross. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Herein is the pride. When this offer is made and we say we can be free, uh, can be made free, other than the way of Jesus Christ. That's pride. Jesus Christ came and he conquered death and he conquered hell, he conquered sin. He did that so you and I could live everlasting with God. He did that, he paid our sin debt so that we don't have to pay our sin debt for all of eternity. This is what God did for us. But mankind, and there's many nations in this world, and I dare say we're getting to the place in our nation as well where we have rejected that truth. He gives you this free offer. And all that he asks is that you believe him. He's given you Jesus Christ and all that he asks is that you believe him and you trust him. Give your life to him. The Holy Spirit of God then lives inside of you and dwells inside of you. That's the offer that God has given to us. And unfortunately, we live in a society that says this, we don't need you. We don't need your son. We don't need Jesus. We don't believe in your book. We don't believe you, God. We've got our own way. Man in its pride, he worships to create the creature rather than the creator. We find in uh, our society today, we worship our bodies. We find in our society today that we, we, we cast them out of society. We find in society today that we've chose our lustful desires over Jesus Christ. We've chosen those things over, over, over living for God and believing what God's word says. 
Our nation has chosen to reject God. Our nation nation has chosen to reject Jesus Christ. Our nation has chosen to uh, uh, trust in our economy. Our nation has chosen to trust in our military might. Our our, our nation has chosen to trust in its capital buildings and in what takes place behind those walls. We've chosen to trust in our dollar instead of trusting in God. There's a spiritual battle taking place in this world. And church, I believe that all this is taking place because there's going to be a rise of an antichrist that's going to come. And hear me, please, that battle is taking place today. That spiritual battle is taking place for the rise of the antichrist who's going to come and proclaim himself as God. Peter Peter, I'll get there quick. Let me just read it and I'll be finished this morning. Peter said this in chapter three, verse three, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Paul warned of these last days. Peter is warning of these last days. And I would warn the church this morning as we see these things happening, we see the judgment of God. We see what pride does. We see what arrogance does. We see what worshiping other gods have done. We've seen what God does, the judgment that comes to a society that says we don't need God and we don't need God's laws. I would say this as a church and as believers, as families this morning, let's be sure that we are living right. Let's be sure that there's no pride in our lives. Let's look in the mirror this morning and if it ain't be, let's be the remnant that God says I'm going to use to bless. I'm going to use to promote Christianity. I'm going to use to promote the gospel around this world. Let's stay right with God. Let's look at what God does to pride and let's be sure that there's no pride in our hearts. Let's be sure we've emptied ourselves of ourself. We've allowed the spirit of God to lead us. Would you take a look in the mirror this morning? You see what God does to pride. Let's be sure there's nothing in us that God says, I have to bring judgment. Because God says pride is an abomination to him.